I'm Victoria Powell. Welcome to The Gallery Companion. In October last year, an anonymous Iranian artist poured red dye into the fountains in Fatemi Square in Tehran to make the pool of water look like blood. Before the authorities had a chance to drain it away, images of the red fountains were quickly shared on social media. It was one of the many small but eye-catching acts of protest that Iranian artists had made over the previous couple of months in response to the murder of a young woman called Zina Masa Amini. On a trip to Tehran, Amini was picked up by the so-called morality police, the henchmen of the supreme leader of Iran, the chief cleric Ayatollah Khamenei, for female dress code violations. All women are required by law to have their hair covered with a hijab in public in Iran. Although Amini was wearing a head covering, she wasn't wearing it properly, apparently. The police bundled her into a van where she was beaten up. She fell into a coma and died a couple of days later. The government claimed she died of a pre-existing condition. This murder was the spark that lit yet another burst of protests in Iran against the hardline religious regime which has held power there since the Islamic Revolution in 1979. Iran is a sham democracy, a bit like Russia. There are presidential elections every four years, but the candidates who can run for this office are selected by the supreme leader and can be overruled by the supreme leader. Given that the incumbent chief cleric is a religious fanatic, there's no chance of moderate leadership and little hope of reform. Over the past 40 years, Iran has become a pariah state in the international community because of its state-sponsored terrorist activities. This has led to crippling economic sanctions which have brought Iran to its knees. The Covid lockdown was the nail in Iran's coffin and inflation was at 60% which was causing widespread po poverty. And because there's no way for people to change things at the ballot box, their only recourse is to protest on the streets. That's a dangerous risk, though. Those who came out to protest in 2019 over the sharp rise in fuel prices were brutally suppressed with machine guns. Iranian citizens have been subject to strict social and legal controls for years, and there is a sense that people have no agency in their lives. Although there is a significant university-educated population, there are no jobs for students when they graduate. Iranians exist in a corrupt, tightly surveilled system with few opportunities to thrive and no freedom of speech. Women in particular have had their rights repressed and their bodies controlled. But when you have nothing to lose and everything to gain, that's when you have power. 
And what was striking about this recent round of protests was that young women and schoolgirls were leading the dissent, supported by men. The Kurdish political slogan, Woman, Life, Freedom, has now become a popular rallying cry. This is a tech-savvy generation, alive to the power of images and videos, and the networks they can use to spread them on social media. Within Iran, artists and musicians and filmmakers have been creating work which is cr critical of the regime, sharing it widely to inspire others to join the fight or to keep going. Protesters have performed art in the streets, chaining themselves to lampposts whilst bending down in submission. When the police started rounding them up, protesters padlocked mannequins to the lampposts instead. The visuals in urban streets changed also during the first few months of the protests. Stencils of Amini and other women killed in the uprising appeared all over walls and stickers were plastered over street signs with the names of young people who'd been murdered by the regime. Posters of the two clerics who have been the supreme leaders since 1979, which you see everywhere on buildings, were defaced, their eyes bleeding with red paint. The artists had to work fast, though, because if they were seen by police, they were shot. This kind of protest art undermines and mocks the regime and it's hard to remove because it's not just visible on street furniture and buildings, it's all over social media too, despite internet blackouts. Artists in the Iranian diaspora have also been important for raising awareness of the human rights abuses taking place and for keeping the protests in the public eye in the West. In October, an anonymous artist collective made headlines and drew support when they unfurled banners proclaiming woman, life, freedom from the top of the rotunda at the Guggenheim Museum in New York. And the high-profile Iranian-American artist Shirin Neshat collaborated with the Cultural Institute of Radical Contemporary Arts to project an artwork on huge screens in central London and in Hollywood in solidarity with the Iranian protesters. Neshat has been outspoken in the media and on Instagram about the political situation there. Given the Iranian government's track record on crushing protest, it was hard to see how this would end well for these young people. But there was hope that the more pressure the Iranian regime felt from both inside and outside, the more likely reform would come. There was widespread international con condemnation of human rights abuses. And cracks did appear, albeit temporarily, in the leadership with at least one significant politician arguing for a more moderate approach. Now, ten months after the protests first erupted, thousands of Iranians have been murdered and tortured and imprisoned for their involvement in the uprising. The morality police are now back on the streets enforcing the rules on what women wear. The government crackdown has successfully scared people from protesting on the streets. 
but the anger and dissent is bubbling under the surface. In a recent New York Times article, a young Iranian woman talked about how empowered she felt when she saw a graffiti message scrawled on a wall that said, move on, but don't forget. It had a Masa Amini hashtag underneath it. This kind of visible, defiant public messaging is one way to keep young people's hopes alive in Iran. And artists in Western countries have been trying to keep the issue visible through public art projects in cities so that people continue to talk about it and and be aware that the fight is still continuing, even though it is no longer headline news. Art has been an important weapon in this fight so far. And it's a reminder that it's not possible to separate art and politics. Artists who are able to express themselves in whatever way they want to, without fear or risk to their lives, demonstrate a political freedom that artists don't have in countries like Iran. As always, I'd love to know your thoughts on any of the ideas and artworks I've talked about here. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, click on the link to my Substack publication, thegallerycompanion.com, in the show notes. This is also where you'll find images of the artworks and videos of the projects, as well as a ton of links to more information. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it far and wide and give me a rating and a review as it helps me reach more people.